when I um so 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 if if you want to get on the show and you're an individual games athlete athlete, you should reach out to us. Love to uh, build the hype around the games, get to know more and more games athletes. The problem is, is it's very difficult to schedule so many people and to be as active as we're being. So if you want to help, go ahead. Don't think it's arrogant. Um, don't think that we left you out for any reason. Um, it's just that uh, living our lives and then scheduling all these things can be quite hairball. Even Jason knows, like, we basically scheduled this last minute yesterday. Hey, Jason, can you get on in the morning? So here we are. Yep. Constipation. I don't understand constipation. I mean, when I was in college, I'll even remember. I even remember the cafe I learned this in. I was sitting on a toilet in the cafe, and all I have to do is take maybe ten or fifteen deep belly breaths and focus all of my attention, like around my anus, and just breathe. And I even do, I even have like, I have a little talk with myself, like, hey, it's time for you to go poop, bye. And I'll, and my brain slowly comes to a complete standstill and I just vacate. Like there's no, like I think I could just shit on command anytime. Like this morning I didn't have to shit, but I like to shit before the podcast. And it's just like, I can just go and just tell it to leave my body. Brian, who made this man like this? Just like, bye, see ya. It's my body. Like get out! Like I've I, which brings me to this thing about working out. The problem I don't know how many CrossFitters know this, but every time you work out and every time you put yourself into oxygen deprivation, you have a chance to cultivate focus and awareness, and you shouldn't let that waste, and you shouldn't let those times pass. And if you don't know what that is, you should start. You should start googling around and looking around. Someone who speaks about it very profoundly is a gentleman named Eckhart Tolle, and he talks about energy body. But working out is a free, um, free chance to meditate and build uh, awareness. And it was the one little thing that I had struggle I had when Miko Salo said he doesn't lay down like an animal after a workout. It's actually a great time to lay down and actually watch your breath. Don't control your breath, but just watch your breath and basically surrender. And I know that's his whole point is not to surrender because animals don't surrender, but we have that opportunity as human beings. And don't get me wrong, this isn't a dig at Miko. That's cool what he does. But anytime you can cultivate awareness, it will set you apart from all other human beings. In, in the and interest, of, in interest of not leaving you hanging on your own here, I have also spent periods of my time where I've, where I've real, or my life where I've really been intentional about being mindful and everyday activities, such as going to the bathroom. And the reason I first kind of was um, like made aware of that was when I met someone who did not have the ability to go to the bathroom. They needed uh, you know, medical assistance, uh, draining out a different way. And then I was like, man, I should actually be grateful that I have the capacity to do that. So I started to pay attention to it more. That would be one of the worst things. Can you imagine that? That was why that story Noah told is so profound. I mean, you do not want your junk getting uh, jacked up, your anus, your penis, or your vagina. Brian, speaking of vaginas, are there any female coaches? Are there any female coaches in the game, like elite female coaches? Cody Anderson's uh, woman, she, she can coach at that elite level. Why Are there any women, and why are there so many men and not more women? Well, the most prominent is definitely... And by the way, so- this, isn't, this isn't some like... Um, like, I don't give a fuck about the sexist stuff or, like, I'm not trying to be, like, 
progressive like hey how come there's no black coaches how come there's no chinese coaches how come there's no female coaches this is a this is a catastrophe we need to promote i'm not doing that at all it's it's just a a benign question question. yeah genuine question with no no intention i don't give a fuck if women don't want to coach but but it is interesting to me as far as i know the the most prolific female coach is michelle latondra she's been working with pat Vellner for half half dozen years now maybe six seven years since early on in his career um, uh-huh. She used to work with Laura Horvath and James Newberry. They've both kind of moved on, but she had a pretty uh, impressive roster of athletes there. And her programming, there are you know a lot of people who follow it. It's not as well known in the United States as some of the states. Outside of that, um, I've known Robin, who used to coach with OPEX, that had a couple games or team maybe team members of, of games athletes. But yeah, it's a great question. There are there do seem to be male, male coaches in the space right now. And and that and I apologize for forgetting Michelle because she was an amazing athlete, a great interview, always cool back there. And I did know she was a coach. I actually thought it was trippy when she stepped down as an individual and started coaching. I thought she had a few more good years. You know, she's uh, I think she's training for a triathlon right now. That's the that's the new thing, right? I guess so, but. She's uh, minimal opportunities, but but meaningful. She is a she's a great person. She's a really. I talked to her, uh, Jason. We just got a warning saying your computer's low on memory. <laughs> yeah, I got that too. I don't know what that means. Uh, that means can you throw something away that's on your computer, like that last Pee Wee Herman, like the season six of the Pee Wee Herman show? Can you just delete all of that right now? Because this software we're using needs storage on your computer in order to operate properly. Is there anything you can throw away on there? Dude, I don't know how to do that, dude. Can you also see me? No. But that's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about that it's going to stop recording. That's happened with Brian before. And it actually affects mine. Brian's. Yeah, and it actually will affect our friendship if we get an hour through this podcast and we r- realize I don't have you recorded because of your incompetence <laughs> at your end. No. Did you throw something away? Are you on a Mac? I can help you. No, I'm on a Chromebook. Can you see my face right now? I can. You, you Even when you're blocky, you're handsome. We haven't had any ugly people on the show, have we? It says... I have 3.7 gigabytes available. It de- oh, are you in incognito mode? I don't even know what that is. I am in incognito mode. <laughs> oh, can you turn that off? How do you turn that off? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Who uses a Chromebook? I didn't realize you were so smart. I, whenever someone's like on anything besides a Mac, I feel like I should add 10 IQ points to their brain. Someone say you should. Oh my goodness. Maybe it's me who's not smart. Should I Google that? How to turn off incognito? Should I Google that for him? How? You're on a Chromebook? How yes. to turn off incognito mode on Chrome. Oh, there we go. Um, You're going to go to your finder. You know what your finder is? Uh, And then you're going to click go and go to utilities. Utilities? Yeah. Where's where's go? 
on a Mac, it would be on the top somewhere in that in that bar on the top. Oh, this is for Mac OS shit on Chromebook. Um, how to disable incognito mode in Chromebooks? Log in with your G Suite account. Wait. At- <laughs> what? I have, a, I have a Pixel book. <laughs> he doesn't have time for computers. Hey, can is there something called G Suite account or admin.google.com? Do you see something that says device Chrome settings? Do you have settings? Yes, I'm on settings. I'm on device. Okay, device and then go to Chrome. I'm not, I don't I have a Pixel book. Okay, go to did you change something since the last time we were on potentially i don't know what i did didn't you use your phone before what do i need to use my phone have you done that oh did you no don't use your phone your computer's much better maybe there's a video for it oh okay let me just type in pixel book then you have to go to devices and then to setting, and then to, and then type in Chrome. Hold on, let me try to figure this out. Uh, Brian, um, I was I was pretty impressed at how um, immediately Taylor took responsibility for being um, weak like a bird, with only a four hundred sixty two pound deadlift. De- triple deadlift, triple. But yeah, he, uh, me too. He said. I could complain about anything and everything, but instead I'm, I just recognize I'm not strong enough and I'm make sure that I improve on that. Do you think that's sincere or do you think that like he has to fake that till he makes it like he knows it's the right thing to say. So he's trying to convince himself of that instead of blaming the programming. No, I think he's getting to know him like personally and professionally, but one thing that I like really his proximity to Andy Hendel, a guy who's been around the block, who's seen it all, who's done it all, and he seems to really trust that guy, which is great. So I think that that's, that's probably a sincere sentiment from him. Do you think that that is indicative of a good coach, that a good coach will be like, if he hears his athlete complain, like like when I throw a ball to Avi and he can't catch it, he'll be like, you threw it too high. And I'll be like, dude, that's just an opportunity for you to make a good catch. Don't ever blame me. As opposed to, yeah, I fucked that up, and I take I take the responsibility off of them. Do Do you think Do you think there's any coaches who have that ass backwards? And while the athletes sitting around complaining about Dave Castro's programming, the 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 coach is like, yeah, 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 that's not your fault. Blah blah blah. It depends. I think that redirection is important when self talk or placing blame in, in another area. Same time, like we do know that there are aspects of this athlete's control. And the programming is an example. The judging can be an example. The weather can be an example. And so whatever the thing is that you can't control, you can't let that overwhelm the things that you can control. And that's where the coach steps in and the separation here about what we're, what are we actually talking about? Right. (laughs) Right. I, 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 I wonder if all coaches know that that their job is, well, it's a, to me, it's, it's not, it's similar so people are going to be at different stages and stages or evolutions of being a coach and you have to 
going to have to have learning experiences too, and they'll get stuff wrong. Um, if you're a new, a new, this is always a kind of an interesting question for me. If you're a new athlete in the space, do you want a coach that's new in the space that you can grow together? Or do you want a coach that's experienced in the space that can teach the things that they've learned through watching other athletes and working with other athletes, even though you might be a different style of athlete or breed of athlete? I guess it's like that. I guess it's like that with managers too. It's it's interesting. I've heard it now like two or three times in this week that basically uh, Matt O'Keefe is as Matt's manager and Matt as an athlete. They grew together, and it ended up being very successful. On the other hand, you would think that you would want someone um, with tons of experience, but but maybe not. Maybe that's not that because it seemed to work out just perfectly for Matt. Yeah, and we got one of you know one of the new new up-and-coming guys at the top of the sport is Justin Medeiros, and he's chosen to align himself with Adam Neifert, who's been around for a long time, but hasn't necessarily been around in the role that he's in now, which is the head coach, the guy for one of the top guys. So, Because if you Adam Adam Neifert, is a, where's he out of? Does he own an affiliate? I don't know if he's the owner, but he's been with um, forever. Oh, I know who that is. He has a, he has a, I know who that is. He has a, does he have a mullet too? Yeah. I think that that's relatively new. No, I think, well, I think he had one before Medeiros. I recall him. No. I I remember because he was the, he was the coach of USA's like invitational team one year and he was definitely, definitely didn't have it then. Adam Neifer. I think I actually have been to his gym and filmed with him many, many years ago. Hmm. I'm not a, I wouldn't say as up to speed on the team history as the individuals, but I think that outside of Invictus, that they've had just, they've had the second most number of teams at the games, you know, since. How do you spell his last name? I think it's N E. Okay, I wasn't even close. I hope I still can't see him. Let's see, CrossFit. Uh, oh, yeah, that's him. I recognize him. Oh, shit, did Jason just come back on? We got an echo again. That is awesome. I that think I, is, fi- I, I fixed the storage, though. <laughs> that is awesome. The echo is back. God damn it. Do you hear it, too, uh, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to switch mics or something. Do it. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Wow. I'm glad this podcast started 29 minutes ago and we haven't started yet. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Jason, how was how was uh, your trip to the West Coast Classic? It was amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, it was hot. I think it was like 110 degrees out there. And it was dry. I never experienced heat like that before. I'm from the south, so it's very, very humid over here. But it was fun. I got to meet a lot of cool people. Hung around Matt, O'Keefe, Sammy. Um, just hung out, played top golf. It was just cool to be around all those guys and and see like the behind the scenes. You know, like you don't. That's not on YouTube. Like how they are on like TV and whatnot. So it's cool just to see how those people are, their personalities and who they are. So it was awesome. Speaking of which CrossFit games just put out something called the behind the scenes. Is it called? It's not called behind the scenes. It's behind the curtain. 
Uh, either way, it's fucking blasphemous. Sorry, I don't mean to jerk myself off in front of you guys, but it's horrible. I hope they don't pay for that shit. I don't think it's the girl's fault. It's different. It's MTV style, but dude, come on, man. Like, I shouldn't be cringing while... Uh, have you watched it, Brian? No. Okay. Uh, and I know you haven't watched it, have you, Jason? You don't have time for that shit. Um, I, ju- I, I actually saw in one of the comments, someone goes, how dare you call this behind the scenes? This is nothing like behind the scenes. So then, of course, I clicked it because that was my baby dear, dear to me. Um, did, you, did, you, was, did your training suffer at all when you flew out there, Jason? Did it suffer? Yeah. No. Why would it, why would it suffer? Because you were on an airplane instead of napping, sleeping, eating, reading the Bible, or training. <laughs> no, actually, <clears throat> I actually took a nap when I got there. <laughs> so I was on the. I actually missed my flight. <laughs> I actually missed my flight the that night. <laughs> I was supposed to get there at like eleven at night there. And I ended up missing my flight in Greenville. So then I had to wait the next morning. So then I got to sleep, get on a plane. It was a straight shot. The flight that I missed was stopping. So I was supposed to be like in the airport for like nine hours. Um, And then, so all that got canceled. And then I had a straight shot from Charlotte to Vegas, got there, took a nap. And then I, what did I do on that day? Wait, I want to talk about your flight a little bit. How did someone miss a flight? So you well, live in a, a town. It's the flight. <laughs> okay. He was he was doing the ruck run against us. Ah, dude, I was so mad. Like when I when I missed the flight, that was literally the only thing I thought about was I'm not going to be able to do the ruck run. <laughs> what town do you live in? Greenville, South Carolina. So, and you have an airport. Yes. And so you're saying you, you got to the airport late and so you missed your flight? Well, I got there and it's a small airport. So I was like, surely if I get there 30 minutes before, I'll park my car, I'll get there at the gate. And then I got there 20 minutes ahead. Of, I walked into the airport like 25 to 20 minutes before my plane took off. And I go up to the, the get my ticket and she's like, yeah, you're too late. And I'm, I'm like, ma'am, I have. 25 minutes before my plane takes off and she says no you have to go through security and that's going to take 15 or so minutes and then you have to the the, the gate's going to close in 15 the boarding is going to close in 15 minutes and i'm like oh my goodness like no one even told me about the boarding closing before the plane takes off i don't really fly often so i was oh i'm new to the whole process relatively so i was pissed and then i'm like stressing out I'm like, is there even an option to like get on another flight? And then the Chicago to Chicago and then to Las Vegas was an option. But the flight to from Chicago to Vegas was full. And so that couldn't get me on there. And so then I had to book a flight from Charlotte straight to Las Vegas. Did you have to pay for that yourself? Yes. <laughs> oh, damn. So you had a full paid trip to the West Coast Classic. Had you ever been, and you've never been to Vegas before? No, I've never been to Vegas. Man, you shit the bed. How much was that flight? I don't know, it was like 800 bucks. 
Oh my goodness. That's a, for those of you who don't know, if you don't live in the United States, when you live in a town like Greenville, like anytime you hear a word, like a a town that has Ville at the end, 800 bucks, that's like three years mortgage on a home right there. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Jason, did you say you're not married? Are you? I am married. You are married. I can't remember any of that stuff. Grace Ann, I got to meet her in. And and how does she feel about you spending eight hundred bucks on a plane ticket? She was with me. <laughs> is she supportive? Is she like, don't worry, Jason, or is she like, you fucking idiot? No, she's she's the person who's very stressless in those moments, and she's like, it's okay, like it's gonna be a great experience, like it's gonna be worth more than eight hundred dollars. Like she'll say those type of things, and I'm like, oh yeah, let's just let's get that ticket. <laughs> so then you so you went home and then came back in the morning. Yes. And, no, I, had uh, to, I had to drive. There was no flight out of Greenville to Vegas. I had to drive to Charlotte, which was two hours away. And when did you do that? At 4 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my and goodness. The next day. Yeah, I don't like the sound of any of this. This is not how an elite athlete should be treating himself prior to the largest competition of his life. I know. That is, that's devastating. Okay. So you get to the airport and you go straight to your hotel and you go to sleep. Did O'Keefe offer to pay for it? Does he know, or do you hide that from him? So he doesn't think you're a doofus. (laughs) No, I didn't hide it from him. I was supposed to be at the ruck run the next morning (laughs) and I wasn't going to be there. Um, But no, he was just, he was cool about it. He, I didn't ask, like that would have been dumb if I was like, Hey, I just missed my flight. Could you pay for this one too? I agree. That shows a bit, that shows a bit of class. Yeah. And um, and what was it like hanging out with Matt? Was that your first time meeting Matt? O'Keefe? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, sorry, Fraser. Fraser? That was, yeah. my, that was my first time meeting both of them. And how was that? How was Matt? Which one? <laughs> Fraser, how, Fraser, Fraser, the champ. I'll call him the champ. How was the champ? He was cool. Um, we didn't really talk day. When we small talk day one, day two, we had more conversation and then as as the weekend went on, our friendship kind of grew, um, which was pretty cool. I know it was like the first time we we chatted um, was in O'Keefe's room later that night, and we were just I was asked that was that was my time to like ask him like important questions. Like I didn't know if I'll see him again for the weekend, um, and it was just like I was, I was get, asking for tips about like the games and and whatnot. So he was just giving me that, and the next morning. We went and worked out. That was the workout we had. I worked out in front of him. So we got to talk more then. And then um, I went back to his room after we worked out. So we were at that point, we were just like, we were getting more along with each other. So we were like cutting up at that point. And then we played top golf. And then I started laughing at his golf swing. And then at that point, we were boys. Um, and then we were actually, the Sunday, we were betting on events. So. It was cool. Oh, that's funny. Now, you were betting with Fraser. I was betting with O'Keefe on the same events. I wonder if we had the same yeah. picks. <laughs> what? Uh, so that, you you were you were in Vegas for less than a day, and you started sinning betting. I'm pretty sure that's not part of your uh, <laughs> your Christian protocol. Go ahead. We'll let you off the hook. Go ahead, Ryan. Tell me. Show me a show me a Bible verse that says gambling is a sin. <laughs> I ca- I cannot. I cannot. I'm just going yeah. off of hearsay. He did in front of him. Was that a workout that he talked about together? Was there something specific you wanted him to see you do? No. Uh, JR came up with that, that workout. 
Um, yeah. He so he know. must have wanted. To, he, he, was he trying? Was it? Was he trying to expose something with in, of yours in front of him? This is something that I know stresses you out. It'd be cool to how well you handle this. No, not necessarily. We were thinking about, well, one, it was late in the week. So we were trying to think of movements that I hadn't done that week so far. And then we were just trying to think of like, hey, let's put together like a high skill, but also like grunt work workout. So like five rounds, 21 ch um, chest of bar and then ascending weight on a clean jerks, which I'm really totally good at. So I wanted, I essentially, I wanted Matt to work out with me. That's what I was trying to do. So I was like, hey, if I can not necessarily do a wheelhouse workout, but like some of them I'm really, I'm good at, but like also weak at, I know he's really good at both of those movements. It was, I wanted to see if he would work out with me. He didn't work out with me. Cause all he does is deadlift and hammer curls now, but and stairmaster. I, I tried. I tried. You were trying to entice him. Um, yeah. And 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 was this a um, were were you uh, clearly? There's got to be speculation that this was like some sort of interview to whether he wants to choose you as a podium athlete to represent his company slash Matt O'Keefe and you courting each other, doing the delicate dance of being represented by him. Is that? Are those both fair assessments? Do you have any? I don't think that's a pretty fair assessment. That was never in the in the in the plan. <laughs> the plan was just to get me out to Vegas and hang out with O'Keefe and just be around everybody, meet Matt, talk to him. But I, about the, like the podium stuff, that was never in the in the discussion. Um, and but he posted you on his Instagram, like giving us all a clue, even though he didn't tag you, which I found fascinating. But uh, but he also doesn't tag his wife sometimes. He did tag me. He did? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I stand corrected. Spread, I'm spreading false uh, I'm spreading false information. Let's see. It's, it's weird because I don't think he's ever promoted the podcast. I do a podcast with Matt. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And um, I don't think he's ever promoted the podcast, and yet he's pr promoting Jason Hooper. <laughs> I don't see you. Uh, no, you're not tagged, brother. Dude, you got to click on the tap on the picture. My name will pop up. Oh, that kind of tagging. Dude, it's too, it's, that's what tagging it, is. It's 2021, Savon. Come on, man. I've never used that feature. You don't have to tag somebody in the caption for them to be tagged. I tag you all the time. You do? <laughs> yeah, that's no good. How is someone supposed to? Can I click on that? Then? Oh, yeah. And it that's goes to make, to, okay. It's to make you aware of it. Uh, but even if you tag me in the writing, it makes me aware of it. It's subtle, yeah. Make you aware without without realizing that you're aware of it. <laughs> so you never got a chance to work out with him? Did you work out with O'Keefe or Sammy? No. Did you, do any did you do any hammer curls with them? Nope. They put us in a – we were in this gym, and class was going on during the moment. So they put us in this little box square, like the size of my living room, which is very small. I live in a duplex. And it was very small, and they put Matt and I back there. So I had my workout, and he was lifting. But my workout was like, I mean, I could, like, ex extend my hand and, like, touch him. So, Well, he was, he was impressed, whatever you were doing. He was impressed. He said something on the podcast. He told Josh and I that you were, my words, not his, something special. He said, I think he said you were a phenomenal athlete. So that's a good sign. 
I'm just trying to figure out what your next step is. I'm trying to figure out where where this this bankroll is going to come from so you can do this shit full time. And afford to miss flights. And, you, and it looks like you have 17,000 more followers since the last time we talked. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, shucks. Are you going to watch the fight this weekend? Who's fighting? Conor McGregor. Who's he fighting against? Uh, Justin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. If you cash out me $99 to pay for the pay-per-view, I will watch it. Wow. You and Matt are cut from the same cloth. That is exactly <laughs> what Matt would say. <laughs> Have you spoke with Taylor Self since his um, last chance qualifier? Yeah, I talked to him this morning. <clears throat> Not a whole lot. Was he crying? <clears throat> Where is he this morning? He lives in Charlotte. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh, I, I heard he might be traveling soon. Yeah, he is. He got. He might have a little opportunity to go up to the ranch and hang out with Dave. Do some. Oh no, shit! So I said, how do you yet? guys know that? And I don't know that. <clears throat> Yesterday, remember, I asked you if you should ask Dave about. Mm-hmm. I said, Savan said you should ask Dave. And I I asked Dave, and he said, "Get your ass out here." Oh, that's awesome. He's a, he's a perfect fit for Dave. He's th- there. You need someone who can, he's got a good, uh, he's like a duck. Water just goes right off of Taylor's back and you need that around Dave. If you know what I mean. Uh, well, I've never been in that testing environment with Dave, but I feel like, you know, Taylor's the type of guy who say like, all right, this is what we're doing. And I need you to, to, to like find this out for me. And he's like, yes, sir. I'll do it. That's the kind of mentality I view of Taylor having. So there's a chance Taylor will be on the demo team. I I contend what I say yes, great on the demo team. And I think he looks good, good in him bo- too. He looks good in booty shorts. Well, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and don't complain. Um, when will you go out to Vegas? Do you have anywhere else to go, Jason? Madison, before Madison. before the, uh, what what did I say? Vegas. Yeah, how long before, thank you, how long before you go out to Carson? <laughs> Where are the games? Shut up, how, man. When do you go to Madison? The 23rd. And are, and do you stay home until then? I'm actually going on a little trip this week. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What? I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Go on. I'm going up to train with... Chris Henshaw for a couple of days. Okay. And then, and then I'm going up to Nashville. Who set you up with, uh, what are you doing in Nashville and who set, set you up with Henshaw? O'Keefe did. Sweet. And then I'm going on Wednesday morning, hanging out with Henshaw for two days. And then I'm heading to Nashville Thursday to Sunday, hang out with TM Brooke. And Shane. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's some good mojo. Hey, is there any concern that Hinshaw would tweak your running in a way that would be bad for you? Not bad for you in the sense that Hinshaw doesn't know what he's doing. Of course he knows what he's doing, but that it's too close to game day to try to change your form and that it could adversely affect like your calves or, or you know what I mean? Like if he gets you up more on your toes or, or whatever, whatever the hell he does. <laughs> We've actually worked together a couple of times. He was in Vegas, so we got some time together. 
and he didn't necessarily he didn't correct my form a whole lot. He just gave me a lot of technique stuff. So I'm not necessarily concerned about that. And he had he tried to have me run on my toes, and I can't run on my toes. So yeah, you got yeah, yeah, not yet. But Hinshaw is <laughs> great. Yeah. So Hinshaw will recognize the fact that he met you in middle of late June, and you have the games coming up five six weeks later. He's not going to mm. give you some throw you off prior to this year's games. He's going to give you something. Right to have small improvements in your ex-workouts this year. And if you guys continue to work together in the off-season, then you see some bigger changes. Brian, can I ask you a question? Yeah. <clears throat> How the fuck would you know? Oh. All right. Fine. Did you talk to him specifically? Did you, did you talk no, to him specifically about Jason? No, but I, I, I guess I'm making an assumption. A picture that of... of understanding of who and that he's been around sport competitive sport and also this sport for a long time and will see both the small opportunity and the bigger scale opportunity with a guy like jason um i just think he's too wise to try to make too big of a change too close to a competition like this and i think jason's too smart to even if he did make that mistake to to bite there we go. It depends how, it depends how good the tip was. When you were at Clinton, by, by the way, the, I, I love Hinshaw, by the way. And if you haven't seen the CrossFit, uh, Jordan Gravat, I don't know, 10 years ago made a video on Chris Hinshaw about his um, life as a Ironman um, athlete and his finding CrossFit and how it changes life. And if you haven't seen that, you should really see that. Matter of fact, um, since I'm the CEO, I'm just going to tell CrossFit right now, you guys should republish that. Put Throw that up on the front end, guys. <laughs> When you were at Clemson, did you see any bad coaching? Like when we, when we talked, I've talked with Matt and he's talked about just crazy shit he saw at the Olympic um, weightlifting facility. And, and I spoke to other Olympians too. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, uh, he was a, a skier. He was an Olympian. I had him on the CrossFit podcast. He's a downhill skier. And some of the shit he said that he saw is, would blow, blow my mind. And basically they were making fun of him for doing CrossFit. He basically abandoned the Olympic lifting facility and just did CrossFit. And, and of course we know what the outcome was. His performance skyrocketed. Um, but did you ever see any bad training at Clemson? Like in regards on the football field or in the weight room? In the, in the weight room or anywhere, just stuff that you know that like, Hey, that that's not by bad. I don't mean like, um, uh, I'm not talking about like, um, the way they talk to you or any of that. I'm just talking about movement standards, throwing, having guys do heavy back squats without teaching them the form first, things like that along those, na along that nature. Um, and I don't yeah. mean, did you, did you see it? I don't mean to pick on them. Was it, was it prevalent? Was it, was there a lot of like, holy shit, that's not right. They need a better, they need a better coach in there in terms of strength and training, strength training. It was kind of weird, a weird situation. You had all, a lot of guys who were like super strong. I'm talking about like who could clean, who could power clean like 405. And they were like, they probably weighed 185 to 200. And they were power cleaning like this, but it was ugly. And it was just like, they were just, it was just for strength. And so they're not necessarily concerned about the form as much as they were con concerned about, let's get this strength up. I saw a lot of that. So I saw a lot of crazy form and my form wasn't even good at that point. Cause I'm straight out of high school. Like no one necessarily even taught me this. They were just like, Hey, let's get these numbers up. We have a season. This is the off season, you know? So there wasn't as much time as you would 
necessarily want to focus on form. Like you would have like little tips, but again, this is the, we're in our window small before the season and we're, we got to stay dialed in. So let's ramp up those numbers and just start throwing around like dumb weight. Um, and yeah, so there was not many, but we're also like, we're also very, we're beginners. We were beginners throwing up like crazy weight because we were like elite football players, athletes who had just raw strength. And so it was a weird dynamic. Did you ever injure yourself in the weight room there? I did not know. Did you see a lot of injuries in the weight room there? Um, not, I never saw like someone get injured in the weight room. I've seen plenty of people get injured on like the football field, which if you, it probably has a, something to do with the people, like what happens in the weight room. It correlates to that. So I don't know. And you have a lot of young guys in there just like, just getting after it. And you guys are just feeding off of each other. Right. Yeah. Like you, like you walk into the weight room, weight room and the guys have already warmed up for 10, 15 minutes and they're already at 300 pound clean. And you're like, <laughs> you just jump in and start doing it. Right. I mean, that kind of dumb shit. Dude, our warmups were like, we went onto the, the field and did some like, some like agility stuff for a warm up, and then we'd go clean three hundred something pounds. So no, wow. like nothing, like nothing, Jason, like you, you might not. Across the- you might not know this. I was uh, in 2015, 16, 17, I was part of a coaching fo- high school football team coaching. I was coaching the kickers on the team in Texas, and this the school was very good. They had several NFL ex NFL players as coaches, and a lot of prospects. Uh, who played in the NFL in the last couple of years that I used to coach. And uh, it was like, I was just, it was my first introduction to football really. Cause in high school, I was playing soccer, which was the same time of year here, but about it was so true. They were just like, all right, here's these kids. And it was like, put more weight, put more right. weight, put more weight. Cause otherwise you're going to get your ass handed to you on the field. And I talked mm-hmm. to the strength and conditioning coach and I was like, Dude, give these guys, like, you got to give them some kind of baseline other than this is a number you need to hit. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, they might be okay for months to years or maybe their high school right. career, but they're not going to have any longevity in terms of physical fitness or capacity. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't want to hear it. They're just like, nope, we need the numbers up. What are you doing? Talking, uh, um, let me see if I can turn you up. I'm having a chat with uh, Jason Hopper and Brian. Who's that? Yeah, Hopper's the dude that you mentioned, the kid out of... Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Greenville. Yeah, yeah. He's in Greenville. I don't know what state. It's one of the Carolinas. I know What's he's up, married Jason? and he won the competition. And Daniel Brandon doesn't know who he is. And then Brian Friend, that's the guy, that, the only guy in the CrossFit community who still talked to me, so I asked him to be on my podcast. <laughs> You got some. Uh, you got some reach, Savon. So people want to. People want to connect with you. Can you guys hear him? Yeah. Yeah. Can they hear me? Yeah. Jason, you want to ask him about any of the workouts for the games? I'll tell him about one. Oh, he's going to tell you about one. There's a swim long and a paddle longer coming up. I already know. I already know. I already know about that one. He said he already knows about that one. Well, there you go. Good. He's paying attention. 
Hey, Dave, these guys, uh, these guys are telling me that they know someone who's coming out to the ranch to train with you. It, it sucks that I have to find out shit about the games from these guys, and, and, and like, I'm last to know shit. Which, which guy? Uh, Taylor Self. Yeah, I went, uh, he reached out to me on IG, so I uh, he said he'd love to be involved. So I said, hey, get out here this week, and uh, I'll, I'll put him on the testing team. Not the demo team yet, just the testing team. Yeah. So is this to test games workout or is this an interview to be on the demo team? To test games workouts. Hmm. What are you guys, uh, what's Jason doing? He's, you ask him if he knows how to swim. You know how to swim, Jason? I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. What did he say? He said, I guess we'll see. Ooh, wrong answer. He's <laughs> fucked. He's fucked, dude. He played. He played football, so that means he never spent a fucking day in the. Dude, he's got. He's got so much muscle. He's gonna sink straight to the fucking bottom. This is gonna be Rob Orlando too. <laughs> ah, that might well happen. Might that might just happen. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't give away my secrets too early. Sure spend some time in the pool. He said he can't give away his secrets too early. Hey, there's no secrets to give away. The scoreboard will, will reveal everything. The scoreboard will reveal everything. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. All right. Later. Bye. Well, that, w- that was good. So now we know one of the workouts, and we know Taylor Self is going. That's nice and confirmed. I can't believe he did that. He's, in good, he's been in good spirits recently. Yeah. I can't believe he came. He he like basically he te- he. I texted him this morning. I was bugging him this morning, and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm doing podcast with Hopper." And then he Facetime. He never Facetimes me. <laughs> he must know he that did. Hopper likes Facetime. Well, um, will Taylor tell you any of the workouts, or will he um, be honest with the? Because um, I, I know he's gonna have to sign something. They make you sign some crazy shit. They even made the employees. I think one year at the. Someone who was working in like our graphics guy or someone got caught leaking workouts ahead of time and he immediately lost his job. It was actually at an open event. Do you know this story, Brian? It's actually a live open event. And Dave just walked into the truck and told the fucking graphics guy, hey, you got to get the fuck out of here. We're done with you. Someone sent a screenshot of his text messages, basically sent showing that he was leaking workouts. And then after that, they had every employee at HQ sign something. It was like something horrible. I never signed it, but it was like a $300,000 fine and lose your job. I mean, it was some crazy shit, which, which I, I understand. I, I have heard rumblings of stuff like that, but I get it. Um, you know, people have differing opinions about, about need to be kept secret or not and whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's like if this guy who's running the competition says, I don't want this workout to be known and I'm trusting you with the workout. And if he finds out he can't trust you. Do you prefer? I totally agree. I, I think the secrecy around the workouts is so fun. It makes CrossFit cool. Um, Jason, do you, do you, would you rather know the workouts? I mean, it, it's, or do you like it that everyone doesn't know? Do you like just showing up and like everyone not knowing? <clears throat> I like showing up and not knowing. And I think most athletes think that way. Don't you, Brian? I know that Vellner has told me that he wishes he knew nothing. Like he's like, the less I know, the better, because I feel like I can adapt to receiving information and then executing better than most. Like I, I would have an advantage in that realm. Um, I don't think Brent Fakowski would necessarily agree with that, but I think that he also knows that if you give me more information, I can come up with a plan to suit my skill set better than anyone I prefer to know. 
in some cases. Hmm. Has anyone coached you, um, Jason, on, on what to say and what not to say? And what? Like, like, like when we ask about your swimming and you got, or your handstand pushups, you, you know, you're like, well, we'll see. Has anyone told you, Hey, don't, don't say too much about this or that or this, or is that just no. who you are? I don't, I just don't feel the, the need to tell you if I can swim or not. Like we'll find out in the end of July. Right. Were you, um, did you, were you a big talker when you played football in high school? Yes. <laughs> I talked a you, lot. You, you were like to the other team. I still talk. I still talk a lot. Ask Taylor. <laughs> he didn't tell you about the time <laughs> we were talking. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did where you guys, uh, I think he said, um, I think he took responsibility for it. I think he sent you a nasty, he said he sent you a nasty text message and you guys didn't talk for a little while. Yeah, he did. And then I said something. I, I said something really mean to him, and then he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be great. Do you have your hotel room and everything set up for Madison? Yes. And you said you're going to show up there on the 23rd. Yeah. Is that enough time? That's four days, three days prep. Uh, four days. I'll get homesick. I can't be out there for four weeks. What's that look like? You miss your wife or she's no, she'll be with me. Home. I just, I just hate, I just, I'm not a huge fan of like, I like waking up in my own bed, drinking my own coffee from my own coffee machine, eating breakfast from my kitchen, sitting on my couch to um, chillax. So if I can, like, obviously I would be able to adapt. It's just the, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, getting outside of my comfort zone and being in a hotel, doing all that jazz. But me neither. I would never leave. I love being home. It's great. Yeah. So I think I'll get I'll get there Friday and I'll stay until Monday. I think that's enough. Do you have uh, you have plans for like the days between arriving and getting there to like? get assimilated or are you just kind of going to chill and hang out? Uh, there, I, I'm sure there'll be a game plan. We're just trying to, yeah. We're Does the game, the game plan right involve the, my game plan involves disc golf. Dude, we need to play disc golf only if the weekend turns out pretty, pretty good. Then I'll be happy enough to play disc golf with you after. Have you ever played before? No. When, um, when do you, like a month ago, he goes, bro, you got to teach me disc golf. Well, let's play after the games. He goes, that depends how the, how the week goes. So he's true to his answer. Do you have your tickets home already? I don't. Oh shit. So you don't have, you don't even know when you're leaving Madison. Nope. You bought a one-way ticket. Yeah. Cause Brian said they might interview me on Monday if I end up doing good. Oh yeah. Have Heber and Marston reached out to you yet? About what? Coming about, here? Yeah, about anything. About doing a show on you. That means they think you're going to win if they're going to do show. If they're going to do show with you, <laughs> they do. They do want to come up. Um, maybe in a couple weeks. I wonder if that's going to be good for you, or if it's going to be a distraction. Has anything gone to your head yet and been a distraction besides um, the West Coast Classic going to your head and being a distraction? <laughs> <laughs> There's been a. Um, 
I wouldn't say necessarily distraction. There's been some other other things, stress factors that have come up. Like, like I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to be signing with X, Y, and Z or X, Y, and Z. So that's been in the talk. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. Do you have an agent yet? Yes, O'Keefe. Oh, so he is your agent. That's a done deal. Yes. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Well, it, it, So once you make that decision, the decisions that come after that have to be a little bit easier, right? Oh, yeah. But I still get stressed about it because it's like, this is my future if if it works out. And, and I, I guess here's the thing. You're kind of like you're kind of like a diamond mine. Like people don't know yet, and you don't even know yet. No one knows yet. No one knows what. Like no one knows. Like someone wants to come, you know, dig in your diamond mine, and you're not sure whether to charge them a hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars. But as soon oh, yeah. as someone, but but if they, but if you sign a, a six month lease and they start pulling out fucking ten thousand dollar diamonds, you're gonna be like, shit, I should have just signed a one day lease. You know, basically what I'm saying is, is like if you win the games, everything changes, right? Right. And, so, and so you might have offer is, is the issue basically you might have offers on the table that won't be there if you shit the bed, but that would be 10 times bigger if you do good. Yes, essentially. Has a rookie ever won the games? I mean, like, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, and I guess Jason Kaliba, but I mean, in the modern era. Uh, Rich had second his first has, year. Laura Horvath got second her first year, year, and I think that that's it. In ter- that's like the best finishes any rookie's had has been second place in the modern era. So those are the o- those are the only ones who've been on the podium, even. No, I think I'm trying to remember. I think there might be a couple others, but. Um, Here's the thing, too, Jason. You don't even have to. Um, I mean, look at Josh Bridges. You don't even have to win the games. To do what? To just to just explode. Oh, do you have yeah. a good Do you have a good celebration? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk. You just you just. Hey, like if you walked out there with your Bible and just set it down next to you in your lane, and then you finish the workout, and then you just go over and pick it up and walk off, just all chill. No. <sighs> Are you gonna wear any jewelry at the games? No. Velman was third. Sarah Sigmund's daughter was third, I think, her rookie year. So there's a lot of second and thirds possible. First since uh, 20, 2008, probably. Is Sarah done? 2009, because I think Miko won his first year oh. also. No, Is Sarah, I Sarah done? No, I think she'll be back. People Man. come back from torn ACL in, in sport. All, um, she's not too old to do that by any means. So I think maybe, you know, I'll be curious to see what level she's able to get back to next year. But by 2023, I think she'll be as good as ever, if not better. Hmm. Um, Jason, what do you do after the podcast when we get off here in 30 seconds? 30 seconds? 30 seconds. He said he only had an hour and we and took us a half hour to get our shit together and then another 36 got, minutes of talking. I got, I got nine minutes. Okay, what are you a, doing in nine minutes? I have a conversation with a with a company. Oh, that's good, man. Should know. Damn. So you are getting distracted. 
<laughs> no, it's a good conversation. I wonder I what I actually yeah. wanted to ask him about this. So since uh, the Mac knew you're going, have you guys had a, like when it comes to training in terms of volume or that you don't have to get details, but as much change. Um, yes. I did not know I would be able to quit my job and not tell you all that. No, let's hear it. Yeah, I quit my job. I'm not, I don't work at the church anymore. Um, Blasphemy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now he volunteers. Now he volunteers at the church. It's even better. Yeah. I was able to quit my job now, which I did not plan to prior to the Mac because I didn't know. I wanted to win. I just didn't know, it, like, the result, like all this would come about this fast, the opportunity would present itself to, to be able to do that. So when I won, obviously I got the opportunity to do that. And now the training has been, obviously it's longer now. I'm able to sleep more, recover more, have more downtime and do stuff that I'm able to do without a Maybe- Meaning, basically, what you're saying is, is you got a sponsor. You because of your success, you've been able to generate income to support yourself. Yes, that's awesome. Congratulations! That is so awesome. Did you call? Did you, did you tell your mom and dad that? Yes. <laughs> and how how excited was your mom and dad? Pumped. Yeah. They, my mom doesn't really understand the whole CrossFit thing. So once I told her, "Hey, mom, like I'm going to be a full time." crossfit athlete and i'm gonna quit my job she started freaking out like i'm like mom i'm gonna make a little bit more money than i do it's okay (laughs) um so do your parents ever tell you they're proud of you yeah all the time oh that's good i can remember when my dad told me he was proud of me that time i remember that time (laughs) my mom my mom tells me all the time (laughs) Brian, do your parents tell you that they're proud of you? Uh, you haven't you haven't really done anything yet. Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty depressing. That's like not a good. I feel bad now, Savan. Um, you'll get over it. You'll throw a few frisbee golfs and you'll be back in the in that good headspace. <laughs> Jason, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you a story that you might like. I don't know if I've ever told this story out loud. Maybe once or twice. So I was I, I went to the University of London for six months out of uh, I went to City College for a year and a half and then I went to the University of London for six months and I was probably like twenty three or twenty four years old and I was super duper into um, like black studies at the time I read everything that I could about the Black Panthers Malcolm X Martin Luther King Nelson Mandela I was just and it was because I lived in all when I was sixteen I moved into this neighborhood where it was just my dad. And my stepmom and I were the only white people. So I was just like, all of a sudden, everyone I was surrounded from, all my friends, all the people I hung out with in my neighborhood were just all black dudes and mostly older dudes. And um, so I always wore this this uh, Malcolm X shirt. I don't know what the relevance is to that story, but I just loved my Malcolm X shirt. Like it was the kind of shirt like I would wash it three days a week so I could always be wearing it. And I was walking around downtown London and this guy comes up to me in Trafalgar Square 
And he's, and we're just talking. He says, Hey, will you accept Jesus Christ as your savior? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So then like, I, you guys like do that thing, like where like you read from your book, like, and then I repeat what you say, you know, uh, you probably know which part it is, but you basically just sit there out in front of the whole world and you do, you do your little thing. Dude, that's, that's, that, that's such a, the wrong way to do it. Savon. we need to have a conversation about the right way. And so my, my sister, uh, my sister, um, um, found God, I don't know, 20 years ago. And, um, it's been a huge part of her life and we talk about it a lot and I enjoy listening to her talk about it. And she, you know, she wakes up every morning and reads the Bible and we, we, we shoot the shit about it when we talk. And, and it's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. And I, it's done great things for her life. But anyway, so then I don't know, like 10 or 15 years after that, my, my sister was out here visiting me from Texas and we were somewhere. I can't remember where. And some guy comes up to me and goes, Hey, will you accept Jesus Christ as your savior? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So he reads that whole, that whole shtick to me again. And I repeat the thing again. And my sister goes, Hey, I thought you told me a story once where you already did that. And I'm like, yeah, what is there like a, some sort of like limit? Like, <laughs> like why not double down on that shit? Triple down. Like I'll do it anytime anyone asks me. Like <laughs> they're not asking me if they could punch me in the gut. They're talking about giving me eternal, eternal salvation. Like I'm whenever. But you should tell your homie tonight. I'm, I'm concerned you got booted too because you, because you quit the church, but you should tell your homie when you're praying tonight, like, yo, this motherfucker accepted you twice. You ain't knocking at his door. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious, bro. True story. True story. Actually, so, it's a, a great conversation within the, the context. Seven. I don't know if you were saying it in jest or not, but that the difference between making that decision once and and realizing that you have the opportunity to make that decision as often as you want. So Thank you. you don't you don't believe in Jesus as the as the question. I don't even know, I don't even understand the question. You do you you said last time we taught you said you believe Jesus was a real person but he wasn't God. Well any well any more than we're not all God. What does that mean? That's a what I have I've been I've been thinking about what you said about we're all we're all God. Like what? Mm-hmm. If we're all God, what hope does that bring? Oh, um, oh, but but I wouldn't let the, I wouldn't let a presupposition like I'm not interested in like what hope it brings. I'm just interested in the truth, right? I'm trying to like make sure I get on the right path that I'm not believing something, but that I'm experiencing something. It's funny. Someone said in the comments, they said something, they, they made some like attack at me, like some snarky comment about like, Hey, I'm tired of Sevon's superficial God jargon or whatever. The, the distinction between the, one of the primary distinctions between where I'm at and where you're at is you, uh, the way I talk about God is I point at God, but other people talk about God as, as if God is a thing. I think that's the distinction. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's how I perceive it. People just, people perceive God and, and, and they talk about God as if it's something. And whereas I talk about God as, as if it's no thing. N- not nothing, but no thing. So, but, 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 pardon me? I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, have you ever done uh, the style of paddle boarding that they usually test at the games? Yes. You know, practice wow. a little bit more now? 
You have you have you have sixty seconds to ask a question. Have you dig in there. Know. Dig into that, Brian. How did you do that? Why did you do that? When did you do that? Hey. And I'm pretty long, so it's gonna all work out perfectly fine. <laughs> I'm pretty long. I'm pretty long too. I don't know what that has to do with paddleboarding. <laughs> Third or <laughs> Jason, we got to get your coach on here. Who's your coach? Jared Shaw. Hey, Jared Shaw. Him, do you know he's also competing at the CrossFit Games this year? No shit. See, it's all, all these signs are not good. Agents talk, phone calls about money. His coach also being in the games, fucking living in Greenville. It's just, it's not, it's not all making sense. It's not coming together. Like, I don't understand how he's so good. It's a mess. <laughs> I was going to ask Taylor to be my coach there since my, my road coach is going on the games and he's going to be on the demo team now. So, and Jen and JR is going to the Masters game. So it's like, so I don't have a coach. <laughs> hey, are you tempted to have your wife do it? And do you think that would be a huge mistake? Uh, yeah, I don't know if she talk, talk to, talk, you know, talk to O'Keefe about it. Cause he's, he's been working with tons of athletes in that capacity. He might have some ideas for you. And no matter what O'Keefe says, if he says you've got to get Sevon to come and be your coach there, no, there's no fucking way, but thank you. O'Keefe. <laughs> I want, I, I need you there. I need to be there too, but I think I'm, I'm going to be more potent from here, calling you at night, t- singing lullabies to you, putting you to sleep. Are you, are you sharing your hotel room with anybody? Yes, my coach. But you don't know who your coach is yet? <laughs> it's going to be someone, and we'll share a room. Yeah, that's good. You, you're, you're made from that from your football days, right? Yes, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Okay, brother. Thanks for doing this. Brian, do we have Later. anything else? Bye. What do you think? Rate Jason's performance today on the podcast. Oh, goodbye, Jason. Will you rate his performance today on the podcast from a one to ten? Um, sure. I thought it was uh, a. Okay. I thought it was excellent. You can't give him a ten because he had his shirt on. Yeah, I was thinking about the things that would detract from. T- probably would be, probably would be that he quit his job and didn't have a shirt on. Uh, and had a shirt on today, so it's probably a nine. Yeah, we got to ask him about that next time. I wonder if that if that was an emotional moment because you know he liked the job. I don't know. I think he liked the idea of the job. Um, I like the idea of being a coach, but I've coached like coaching there. But now I have an environment that I do like. Hmm. I, thought funny, gonna, um, <clears throat> I thought you were going to ask ahead. more about the swimming, but I guess didn't need to. Uh, I, anytime he's coy like that, I just make the assumption that he must be great at it. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, as soon as they announce an event like that, one of the things I do is start to the field and see how, how he's just at, let's say he's average at it. Well, are there swimmers in the field? Are there 20 good swimmers in the field? The average at it, but if you happen to be in a field with 25, that's a problem. But if there's only 10 of them, then you can still. So that's what I was trying to see. Not so much. I have no idea, but I wanted to see what's the caliber of swimmers in this year. And I think on the men's side, it's it's worse than usual. That looks better for you if you're not a great swimmer this year. 
but the women's field, the depth of swimmers is greater than it's ever been. Yeah, the depth of athletes on the women's side is insane. And you've got three Period. not you have three girls coming to the games this year alone who have never done a swimming event game. So not all rookies because um two of them were in the 2019 make it all the way to the swimming event that are all very very good. They're going to, you know, mix that one up a bit and if you're someone like you know, Catherine David's daughter or Annie Thor's daughter who's usually middle of the pack in swimming, you might be pushed down a little just because there's happened to be a lot of, I mean, well, Danny Spiegel's pretty good swimmer. Sam Briggs and performances in water events in the past. I don't have either of them inside the top 10 for that event because it's so deep. How about, how about Cara Saunders? Is she a good swimmer? Excellent. Yeah. And good at paddleboarding. She won the first ever paddleboard swim event at the games, which was two mile paddleboard. That's the longest we've ever seen. Dave said we're going even. We'll see if it's going to be longer than that or not. And and I'm pretty sure I, I was at that games and I remember the next day interviewing people and their lats were destroyed. Well, I said that comment at the end because he was saying how good he was at the paddleboard. And I said, is fatigue? Yeah, that is a big time lat endurance test to be on that time. Do you think any part I'm, I'm torn? I'm torn with Jason. Part of me thinks like from the first time we interviewed him, interviewed him, part of me sees him as this. Um, guy who's not really sure how good he is, and he, you know, it, which would make sense, right? You don't know how f- he. he it, it's all. It's relative to the pack. I mean, he knows he's great, but it's relative to the pack, not how good he is. He knows he's great, but how good is he compared to the rest of the pack? But part of me is like sensing from him now that he really feels like he he could win, but he fucking does not want to talk about it because he doesn't want to put that pressure on himself. And I don't blame him for any of that. That all makes sense to me. I think that he knows he's a good athlete or great athlete. And like he said, talked briefly about that workout with Fraser. So he said, I did one chest of our pull-ups and he said, that's not how he, it sounded, but this increasing weight squat clean ladder would be a strength. So he knows where he's good um, and where he's not as good relative to himself and the people he's surrounded himself with. I think it's unknown for him is everything else that is the games heard what he said he likes to be at home that's going to be very different than a home people there people are going to want to talk to him going to want his attention we've mentioned it before it happens to everyone something won't go his way to that people have talked about it dave talked about it with you he said a great six, point semifinals are six or seven events they 10 to 14 events now it looks like they're gonna be 15 events at, that's a huge amount of volume how does your body respond after two days Leaderboard, you just come off a bad event and your body's feeling beat up. Can you can you bounce back from that and realize, hey man, I still got half of the And so I think that those kind of things he's starting to realize, I think I can do this, but until I do it once, I don't really know. And it's not unusual. That was Tia her first two years. It took her two years to figure out, oh, I do belong here. And once she figured that out, it's been scary ever since. A really good point. Do you think that most of the athletes are prepared for that? Like, hey, you're going to have a bad event. How will you react to that? Because how do you train for that? You, it's really you have to experience. I look at like the new new blood in the. Then I I try to look and see. Well, what have they been doing in terms? Aren't the game? So you got a guy like Lazar Jukic, for example. 
down his opportunity to compete at the games the first year he qualified. He felt he wasn't ready. But he has been competing that are as close to the games as you can get without being there. He's a regular at Dubai. Dubai, I mean, those competitions are beatdowns. 10 plus events. They got the water. They got the elements. They run in the desert. They do have strongman stuff. They'll take him to different locations for different events. So if you can't get to the games, but you're going to Dubai, you're getting pretty comparable experience in the sense that you're going up against some of the best. You're going to have things not go your way and you have an opportunity to like have those almost inevitable at the CrossFit games. O'Brien or Emma Carey, these young girls that are coming up into the game, they've been to the games as teenagers. They've competed against the other people age, but they haven't had a or day long world class caliber f- where they take bottom 10 yeah. and know what it feels like to bounce back from that. People, everyone's the best guy in their high school basketball team. But at some point, you get to the point where you're just as good as everyone else. Jason talked about it. What do you do? So, a lot of answers for the young, young, young blood to answer this year at the games. And I have a feeling Jason's going to will respond to that fine. Um, but you never know until it happens. I, I may have said this before and I apologize, but um, Avi, my son's tennis coach was giving a, he, he runs these little mock tournaments. And before the tournament one time, he's giving this lecture to all the parents and to the athletes. And he said something that just blew my name, blew, blew me away. He basically named the three best tennis players in the world. I forget who they were. And he said, on average, they've only scored 55% of the points in their matches. So that means every match is like, even being the best, it's still so close. And then on top of that, he said, one of the things about tennis is there's no clock. So if you're on the court, you can still win the whole thing. And I thought, God, that game is such a mental oh, yeah. disaster, a, right? What a crazy mental biggest, game. Yeah, tennis and golf are huge, massive, massive mental grinds. The thing about the stats, uh, he's probably talking about Federer, Nadal, and Jokic. Uh, I think Serena. Okay. He mentioned Serena. Oh, it's women. I think he okay. mentioned. I think he mentioned one woman and two men. I think. Well, anyway, but you're right. Those are good names. The the critical thing in tennis is points. So when you have a game point or a break, don't let those get away from you too often. And the best players who have a great careers, they just have that mental fortitude to buckle down, focus in, and win the point when it matters most. Does apply to certain instances in CrossFit. Obviously, with lifting, you can see it very clearly when you have to hit this lift. Or if it's a, you know, if it's a decision, I have 25 feet of handstand walking that I have to execute. If I miss, I have to go all the way back. I've just cost myself 50 points in this event. I decide to kick up and, and execute that 25 feet. If you wait 10 people pass you, it's a lot better than if you don't wait those 10 seconds. But being able to make the decision in the moment is the difference between the, the results you want at the end of the weekend. About that, that as a fan, it's almost impossible to appreciate that. Like we can sit here and talk about it and intellectualize it, but it's so important to winning and so big, but, but the camera doesn't capture that, right? 
like I, I guess sometimes it does. I can't remember which event it was, but there was some event at the at the semifinals. Maybe it was even Emma Tall, but the it was a couple girls did it where they were doing the handstand walk and they didn't come down and they just kept walking through. Or no, maybe it was the the lunges. There was something where they kept going where normally other people were resting. And I think both people I saw who attempted that failed. I can't remember what the workout was, but in those rare instances, you get to sort of see right. Okay. But but if there was no other athletes there to compare it to, it's not like well, I pole vaulting. Exact, I know it, the exact instance you're talking about. It's Emma Carey, not Emma, Emma Tall. Okay. And Emma Carey was in a unique situation. She knew, and her coach had, and her had talked about it, that she'd already secured an invite to the games. There was no minimum work requirement there. And so she'd made it in the moment to push herself in a movement she was unsure of to see what would happen. And she failed and she failed and she failed. And it didn't cost her amount of money she made the same she accomplished her goal of the weekend for the crossfit games maybe and she can say she made me a fan and she made me a fan to see an athlete do that's when you see them push through that mental side right that you normally might not even be aware that they're pushing through and she actually might she has that experience now she has that failure that she can go but it was a calculated risk i knew what i was saying and i now know something about my body that i wouldn't have known of have you talked to her no. Oh, so you're just speculating on this? No, no, I know. I talked to someone who who knows her. Oh. Do do you know, how many games athletes do you know? Huh. The of the ath- all the athletes there, yeah, just like like yeah. On some level, you've said hi to them. You've shook their hand. You've had a phone call with them. You've called them about some article you're writing for the morning chalk up. Of the of the how many athletes are sixty thirty men and thirty women, or is it forty men and forty women? 40 and 40? Yeah, I'm counting. Do you think you know half of them? Yeah, at least. Ladies and gentlemen, he's counting the athletes. Are you on the men's side or the women's side? Um, six, I would say at least 26 men that like, I feel if I that they might even say hi to me because like we we've met or exchanged uh, stuff before. I my guess is less women. I'm not gonna count. It's probably like fifteen to twenty of the women. Gotcha. I wonder how many. I wonder. I'm gonna ask you that same question after the games this year. Do you think you can say hi? Do you think you can meet every athlete there? I think that we'll end up talking to several more between now and then, which will be nice. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Like. It's hard to say what kind of uh, interaction I'll have with uh, the uh, Russia. You know, if I don't know if they speak English, I don't know if they're going to be in any situation where it makes sense for me to talk to them. I might go say hi to them because I. That South Korea woman train. She looks pretty. Um, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see people like that at the games, but I don't know what my level of interaction with them would be. I don't really go to the athlete warm up area. I don't have any need to usually. I used to live in there. That's where the, all the behind-the-scenes gold is. I mean, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not doing that. I know it breaks my heart. Well, I think you should go back there so, and call people, since I'll be at home and patch them into the podcast two or three times a day. And we do live podcasts from the games. <laughs> Any athletes who want to do that, even if you don't think Brian is doing it, just go up and harass them and just be like, "Hey, it's always been my life dream to speak with Sevon. Can you get him on the phone?" And Brian will do his best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a, I think there are definitely that, I mean, the thing is, 
the games with the athletes is very different. You know, Dave will say that everyone should come here thinking they should win, but that's not what everyone's going there thinking. Everyone's coming there with a little different expectation. Some people realize this might be my last time here. I want to enjoy it. So then, you know, other people might realize this is my first time here and I want to gain some experience. They're there to win. And those are the ones that probably will away from the most because I don't want to, they don't need distraction from, from me or anyone. Just let them do their thing and them fight. You know, that's what I want. That's what I'm coming there to see. There are a lot of stories in CrossFit that are hard, and it's hard to tell them all. So I'll be on the lookout for some of the lesser known, but still incredible apps. You're, you're, you're so different than me. You're like, you're like courteous and respectful. I, I mean, in a way that I'm not, I think that like it helps the athletes when I go talk to them. Does that make me arrogant or a douchebag? But like, I think like, not, 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 not help them. Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's going to make the difference between winning and losing. But I think that when I go speak to them, I'm not bugging them that I'm actually giving them some sort of, I don't know what I'm giving them, but like, I feel them out and I feel like, like, so like, like, like last... I'm like a break for, like, I'm a break from them for the, for like, they can pay attention to me for a second instead of like be dealing with their own shit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, but for, for me, it's like, like, here's an example. I have a, like 2019 at the games, I saw him hanging out in the back, whatever, with, with Fikowski and they were just hanging, chilling. And I just, I didn't bother them. I didn't even say hi. I was like, let them do their thing. The next day they come to the competition and he and I happened to be walking up to the venue from the parking lot at the same time. And we stopped and had a 15 minute chat. It was just organic. Would you ever go up to him? Let's say it was the final event. And be like, right before he's about to go on and be like, hey, Pat, you, you just so you know, you the man, you got this. I really, really want you to win. Or like, you know, or dude, I love you, man. Go out there and get some. Or would you like, would you say that to him? Any Anything like that? Not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I. I rarely did I ever try to give pep talks to athletes, but I'll never forget one time we were in um, Madison and the athletes were entering from the top and it was the final event. And I was just like, man, I need to try to say something to Josh Bridges as he went down. And I, and as he walked by me, I yelled something at him in his ear. I said, don't fuck this up you. And then I said this word that I know my mom's listening. I won't even say that word. If my mom listening. You're wonderful. Young. The, yeah. uh, those things, and, he shit I, the, and he shit the bed on that workout and I felt horrible. Like, I oh, think I know Jesus. what workout it was. The, uh, <laughs> so sometimes those happen naturally too. At the Granite Games, for example, I was on the lookout for reasons, but I didn't seek him out. And then one day I was walking up across the pathway and we just happened to bump into each other. We, I said, like, how you doing, man? And he, he like immediately... And that fucking thruster workout. And I was like, dude, you got to let that go. You got three more workouts today. He's like, I know, man. And then he was, I think so that was the interaction. But I tried to like redirect his thought. I was like, why are you still thinking about that? Think about that on Monday. Today, you got a job to do today. So I tried to get him. He wasn't able to shake it that weekend. But hopefully he'll learn from that and that won't, that won't plague him again next time. I'm so excited that he's going out to the ranch. I'm kind of jealous, That's honestly. That's going to be a blast. That's only 20 minutes from my house. 
I should yeah, bug him and see if them. he wants to hang out. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> no, actually, I shouldn't say I will. I'm not allowed over there unless I'm invited. He's 20 minutes away, you know, say, hey, I, if you have a couple hours off, let's meet up and get a coffee where my kids are hanging out just to chat for a few minutes or Avi's always welcome there my son's always welcome there maybe I can just drop him off and I I could uh, and he could hang out with Taylor yeah uh, ever since I started doing the podcast with you I'm I'm less and less welcome there are you putting that on me no not at all I'm just telling you the facts 